yes, America. And I'll keep saying America until we get some international listeners, then I'll broaden my horizons. But uh, I hope think, you enjoy yeah. the new drop. Yeah, what's up? Finally fixed the name. Yep. Uh, good to be back. Good to start on that America word every time, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if we did that round two, but round one, I know we did. Yeah, I don't know. We're doing it from now on, though. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, we are your hosts of the XFFB podcast. I'm Mark Weber. This is Mason Lammers over on the other side of the table from me. Uh, going through reviewing week three, looking forward. Or sorry, reviewing week four, week looking four. forward to week five. Hard to believe that we're already halfway almost through this uh, inaugural XFL 2020 season. Um, but alas, uh, about to hit the halfway point. Um you guys know the deal. Um, actually, no, you don't know the deal because we're actually switching up the format a little bit today. Mason? Yeah, so we're going to give you your normal XFL fantasy news. We're going to hit those game recaps from week four. Instead of studs and duds, I'm still going to play that drop because it's cool. Um, we're going to give you some uh, top stats for the week. So through week four, your you know passing leader, receiving leader, rushing leader, that sort of stuff. And then one special stat for you fantasy players that may help you out. Uh, normal uh, waiver wire ads and drops our week five preview and then our best bets there you are that's the uh the show for today um looks like also we got a little shout out uh on our hands here we uh got some uh, contact from our buddy ronnie dominguez back in the bay area ron cena for those of you who obviously don't know because this is episode three uh ronnie is uh mason's cousin um Good old Bintang Ron, Ronnie Tsunami. We could, we could go on and on about him. But, yeah, I just wanted to send a shout-out, some love down uh, back to the Bay Area where we're from, uh, to Ronnie uh, listening in his office, running an XFL fantasy league with uh, some of his office mates, really just holding it down for us back in the, uh, the yay area. Yeah, I got to talk to him. He's having the same struggles with the alt fantasy sports that we were, so it felt good to hear somebody else's yeah. struggles. People complaining about the same stuff. Love it. Yep. All right. Well, that's uh, it for the uh, the little intro we got there. Got you guys caught up on the new format, uh, at least just for today's episode. And, uh, yeah, let's get into it. All right, <clears throat> going back, this is some uh, some news from last week, um, but also kind of trickled into today. Um, Quentin Flowers, the Vipers uh, dual threat quarterback, took a leave of absence from the team last week. He uh, reportedly was not very happy with how he's being used and going back and forth with Cornelius and not being able to build any momentum. Uh, doing some scrolling on the, the Twitter sphere today, and uh, I guess he is actually back with the team as of today. Uh, confirm that via the Tampa Bay Times, the reputable Tampa Bay Times, <laughs> so you know it's legit. Um, but uh, with the caveat, he is back with the team, but he did apparently ask for a trade. So yeah. look for some possible news later on in the week about this. I don't know if he gets moved this week or if he gets moved at all. But Not a lot of teams to go to. But. Yeah, especially you know with Seattle just kind of figuring out that they might have something and BJ Daniels, which we'll talk about later. Um, but uh, yeah, kind of uh, ironic that he asked for his leave, and then uh, your boy Corny Cor- Taylor Cornelius Corny puts up Corny. A, a monster win yeah, uh, for win. the Vipers. Um, yeah, probably um, doesn't bode well for Flowers asking to leave too, and then Cornelius throws up the dub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're probably not, they're either gonna say no way, Jose, or they'll you know ship him out. Yeah, probably like to someone crappy like New York or something. I don't know, but. Anyways, sorry, no no offense, New York listeners, um, yep. of which I don't know we have yet. But besides the point, Mason, next piece of news for us. Um, let's see here. Oh, we had another uh, weekend of home teams cashing. Uh, Houston won in Dallas, I know, but not much of a road game. Yeah. I'm going to call it neutral. Uh, we won't count in as our stats as a home win, but keep betting those home teams. They're cashing big time. Yep. Yeah, I know it's a pretty intense rivalry, you know being brand new but yeah. still you know you're only you know a couple hours down the road there and uh or a couple hours up the road i guess i should say for houston same uh, to dallas game news landry joe's injury i know initially it was looking like four to six weeks it looks like just two weeks being out now re-aggravated his uh, preseason injury which was his mcl yeah. um so it sounds like it's a little little more minor than what they were initially thinking which is good for them yep because that's their guy yeah um other than that i think we're uh 
into our game recast. Yep. Let's do it. Let's just go with uh, the aforementioned Tampa Bay Vipers victory. So, yeah, as you guys probably already know by now, Tampa Bay with the big 25-0, uh, you know, first win in the franchise history uh, over D.C. on uh, Sunday night. Pretty cool to get to see some primetime XFL. You know, yeah. they've been day games for the most part. But, yeah, it was kind of cool to see, you know, the lights out and stuff like that. It just felt a little bit more legit i guess you know as far as you know the xfl goes you know and having that prime time game yeah tampa bay putting it together too man 25 to nothing easy cover uh i think the the biggest uh takeaway from this game was both the running backs hit that 100 yards on the ground that's right yeah damn no Damian smith jack is patrick yeah no 100 yard rushers jack in the is. xfl <laughs> no 100 yard rushers in the xfl uh up until that last game on sunday night and then yeah tampa bay just decides to you know throw both of their running backs into the 100 plus uh yard club um, you know, to get our first couple pair of uh, 100-yard rushing performances right now. Um, kind of awesome to see that. Um, other than that, though, you know, as far as, you know, all the good stuff that Tampa Bay did on their end, you know, I think Cornelius looked great um, knowing that he had the whole game, yep. you know, without Flowers, you know, to share time with, I think was a huge, probably a huge, you know, morale boost for himself. Um, but, I mean, Tampa Bay looks like they figured th- this out. I mean, they owned the they owned the ground, they owned the air, you know. They're kind yeah. of like the U.S. military in that game. They might be um, the, the comeback team this year from yeah. a, a terrible start to you know making themselves a prominent name here. Yeah, yeah, they've got a, a good um, a good schedule coming up too, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them bounce back. Um, but you know, on the other side of the ball, I mean, another you know, not too much to say in terms of DC. Another uh, another tough uh, road loss for them. Didn't really kind of have anything going. Yeah. You know, obviously, you get shut out. Um, I think this is the second shutout. Cardinals um, <laughs> struggles from last week kind of just folded over to this week. Yeah, it, it, and ju- just putting this together, that the D.C. defenders pitched the first shutout wow. against New York in yeah. that uh, week two game, and then they get shut out two weeks later. So um, kind of a crazy turn of events for them, man. I think they're probably feeling about as low as the Guardians uh, did a couple of weeks ago um, after that loss. Um, but, again, you know, opportunity for them to bounce back next week too as well. Um, but, yeah, keep watching Tampa. They, I mean, even in that loss to Houston, they looked really good. Uh, they put it together, you know, on offense and, and scored quite a bit of points, um, you know, in two consecutive games. I know they're home games, but, you know, still something to, uh, to uh, you know, build on for sure you yeah. know, after just a terrible first two weeks for them. Rough. Uh, I, it's, it's sad to see because when they can put it together, they're dynamic. Yeah, and they're just fun to watch, you know. Yeah. I mean, I kind of miss seeing, you know, people trying to take down Cardale and him kind of, you know, hucking it and making a play out of nothing. Um, you know, I know we've got some, some of that from some other quarterbacks, you know, around the league. But, you know, as far as just entertainment value, I mean, D.C. hasn't been entertaining to watch at all the last couple of weeks. Yeah, pretty boring. Um, but, yeah, um, 25-0 Tampa Bay, easy cover for Tampa Bay. Hope you guys had that one in. I know I did. I, we I did. I talked Mason into a last-minute uh, parlay yeah. on a, on a that included a Tampa Bay money line. <laughs> so um, I know we're both happy on that one. <laughs> yeah, my big one-dollar bet got me five dollars. Oh, there you go. There <laughs> I you took go. it easy. <laughs> okay, cool. Moving on to the next matchup. Let's go. Uh, Seattle Dragons versus the St. Louis BattleHawks in the Battle Dome. Battle Dome. Uh, 23-16, St. Louis. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't cover, but I think they'll take the win any day of the week. Um, you know, in this one, Jordan Tamu, I I mean, I know you wrote this in there, Mason, but I mean, he was running the RPO like a PRO. Like a PRO, <laughs> dude, big like time. Like a PRO right there. I mean, I think he literally made every single read correctly. There yeah. was no mistake in his decision making. He looked just decisive. He was in control the entire time. I mean, he's he's pushing PJ I think right now for yep. that, you know, that top quarterback, you know, PJ's obviously still in the lead, you know, by virtue of a, of a strong, you know, first month here, but you know, still Jordan Tommy, not to be outdone. I mean, he went 20 for 27, 264, a hundred or sorry, one touchdown. And then on top of that, another 63 yards rushing. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you want a fantasy quarterback, this is your dude. <laughs> um, I mean, he doesn't make mistakes. He's like I said, he's making the reads correctly. He, he's not turning the ball over. That's all you can ask for from a quarterback. You know, he might, look like a game manager at times, but I mean, like 
damn, one hell of a game manager. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it was a one-score game, but it was not a one-score game. Yeah, it definitely yeah. didn't feel like that. No, definitely in the first half, too. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it, they, they only won by seven, but they handled the yeah. Seattle Dragons yeah. at home. It was a very comfortable 23-16. to 16. Yeah, definitely. Um, some other notes um, on the game. Uh, Pearsonell bounces back. Yeah, DeMornay. Pearsonell bounces back big after kind of a slow week. Five targets, five receptions, 71 yards, and a tug. Um, and then Keith, Mum- Keith Mumphrey, Brandon Riley kind of emerge as contributors. Yeah, we'll talk about of- Keith later on in the show too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, these guys look like they can actually, you know, build out, you know, be some complementary weapons to the rushing attack that uh, was a little lacking in this game. But, you know, they seem to, you know, rely on that RPO a little bit more. And Tomu was just feeling like throwing it that yep, day. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, I mean, on the other side of the ball, I mean, I, we can't talk about the Dragons without talking about the QB change. Boy. BJ Daniels comes in and makes Brandon Silvers look like a chump. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, BJ just looked like the better quarterback all in all of all in all in all. He facets. can scramble. I mean, he can run. So yeah. the plays are extended and it gives everybody a chance. I mean, nobody took the opportunity, but yeah, yeah he's he's definitely got that extra part of his attack yeah. that Silvers didn't have being so immobile. Yeah. Um Yeah, I, I have a note in here that I I compared this QB change to what the QB change did um, for uh, the Broncos going between Drew Locke and Joe Flacco and just kind of, you know, switching that up. Flacco is just like a statue in the pocket, and that's kind of what you have in Silvers where, you know, he's got a decent arm and, you know, can, you know, is per- perceived to be pretty smart in terms of a decision-making. A couple of, of questionable decisions throughout the first couple of weeks. But, you know, at the same time, I just think that, you know, the mobility just is a game-changer. Uh, in terms of, you know, if you don't have the best athletes at, you know, your skill positions, which, you know, jury's still a little bit out on the Seattle skill position guys just because they've been so inconsistent. But um, Silvers is kind of someone that really needs to see, it seems like, has to have everything work for him. Everything's got to go according to plan. The receiver's got to have, you know, X amount of, you know, space to, for the Silvers to even consider throwing to him. Um, the most telling stat line for me is like, you know, um, Silver's had that whole first half pretty much. He went four for 10, 24 yards, but most importantly, 2.7 yards per attempt. I mean, the Ooh. dude wasn't even trying to throw it downfield. Nope. Um, BJ comes in and throws t- and throws up 10 yards per attempt, goes five for 10, 100 yards, one TD, had the pick, but that was when he was trying to make yeah. a play, get his he's, team back he's into it. it down the field. Yeah. He, he was looking downfield the entire time, even when he was scrambling. And uh, I mean, he just, you know, to... I mean, that play that he had where he kind of was, you know, going to run the RPO and just drew the corner and the safety off yep. of that receiver and just threw Beautiful. it right over the top. I mean, that's just like reading the defense masterfully. Um, just that one read alone was – and just that play alone really is just something that never would have happened with Silver's under center. Under center. So, um, yeah, Mason, any more notes on that? Yeah, uh, um, just Seattle, some extra game. little stats that we both had written down here that were pretty interesting. Uh, it might have been due to the quarterback change and both of them kind of leaning towards different receivers. But in Seattle, uh, they had eight different players with one reception, and Farrow out of the backfield had two receptions. So nobody is standing out. I don't know yeah. if that's going to change with Daniels. He's going to have a new favorite on the team. Maybe somebody that he's been throwing to in the uh, in the uh, backups or secondary there. And then St. Louis, kind of almost the same story. They had five players with two receptions. Nobody really making a name for themselves, but that has to do with them running the RPO and yeah. Tamu handling or managing the game pretty well. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's just uh... – Daniels can extend the plays and help his players, you know, give, get some extra time, get some more separation just by keeping the play alive for a couple extra seconds. Um, Makes all the difference in the world. But um, yeah, enough on that matchup. We stuck on that one for a little bit longer, but uh, yeah, let's move on to Wildcats, Guardians, Mason, take it away. Cool. Wildcats, Guardians, 17 to 14, Guardians cover. Nice. Impressive. Uh, Home win, probably the furthest travel that any of the teams have to go, which was kind of expected LA having to cross the country like that. Yeah. I think that's what we uh, thought was going to happen too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we finally got to see Luis Perez start. Yeah. Guardians kind of figured it out and nice. 
with the win, I, I think he'll probably start again next week. Yeah. Um, kind of a funny note when they pulled him up in the beginning of the game. You know how they pull up like player stats yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, so his his stats were his dad was a pro soccer player and his grandfather was a bullfighter. <laughs> and I, immediately, I just was reminded of that like that MTV show Next where they yeah. hop off the bus <laughs> yeah. and then there's this little pop up on the screen and yeah. it's just like I can't swallow pills. I yeah. live with my mom. Like I put ketchup on my spaghetti. I was like, yeah. these have nothing to do with, with football. Football. <laughs> just random. Facts yeah, about a person. Just, I was dying. It's absolutely retarded. I had to write it down. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel that. I kind of got that same vibe. That's a that was a good pickup just on the broadcast. I love that. Um, yeah, um, I think just if we're looking, you know, more specifically at some players, uh, Joe Horn looked like he was a part of the game plan Joe for Horn, sure with McKay. Perez. Yep. I'm, sh- I'm sure that's a product of you know Horn being a little bit lower on the pecking order as far as receivers and Perez. You know, the same with quarterbacks. So I'm sure they're pl- throwing. Our Perez was throwing plenty to him, um, you know, in practice and whatnot. So um, some natural kind of, you know, chemistry just in that regard. Um, yep. No. And then Perez and McKay had a little bit of a connection too. Yeah, Mikhail um, McKay gets off the snide. Finally got himself a <laughs> touchdown, which, uh, you know, I, I'm glad we got him on my team. Yeah. Um, and then uh, New York wasn't afraid to switch up the quarterbacks and throw Williams in when they ran the two-point play. It looked like something yep. they had practiced too. It gave him the option. The defense was right, and he ran it right in, which is perfect. Yep. Uh, switch it up right on the uh, – end zone there and uh wildcats had no clue what was going on yeah um other side of the ball you want to talk about it we had johnson mcbride yeah johnson mcbride connection again you know two weeks in a row now looks like they're really building some chemistry uh something to definitely take note of um you know if you don't have mcbride already definitely you know somebody should so um yeah you know if he is definitely go grab him but um yeah especially during that two minute drill at the end of the first half they looked like they were really connecting yep, big time mcbride had that pretty sweet uh you know catch and superman you know <laughs> i think that was at the, at the yeah, end of the first was. half there um yeah uh i mean they only had four possessions in the first half it's crazy a couple you know two out of the four were pretty quick three and outs you know it looks like they kind of you know had some trouble just kind of you know getting yeah. out of the gate but uh it felt like every i think what it was is that every guardian's offensive drive was it would take two yeah. to three downs to get a first down. Yeah. And it was just little chunks running yeah. the ball. Everything stayed in field and it just killed the clock. Yeah. So LA didn't even have the ball in the first half. They yeah. barely had a chance, which was awesome management by New York. Yeah. Yeah. That TOP definitely heavily in the favor of the guardians. And yeah, just, you know, classic old school football, just matriculating the ball down the field, little play, little by little, just taking up the clock, not letting the other uh, offense have a chance to even put points on the board really. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, uh, yeah, the Guardians probably could have won by more than they did. Absolutely. You know, I think McKay had that pretty big drop where he was wide open. Oh, screaming at the TV. And yeah, you know, I'm sure, yeah, as a McKay fantasy owner, you're just like, what? He, yeah, he you was know, wide open. It was a, <laughs> if the ball was thrown correctly, he's running into the end zone, no problem. Yeah, he had to stop it. It's a little, little underthrown, you know? but it still just hit him right in the yeah, bread basket. You, you got to catch it. You're getting, you're getting paid to catch a football. You got to catch that. <laughs> Hated it. Um, let's move on. Yeah, moving on. Uh, the Texas Throwdown, Texas first throwdown. annual Texas Throwdown. Houston Roughnecks, Dallas Renegades, Houston at Dallas. Uh, 27-20 Roughnecks, Houston stays undefeated. I mean, this was an awesome game for sure. Um, I kind of felt that there was, you know, some hype, you know, in the, in the stadium. I felt that there was that rivalry vibe. Um, so that was pretty cool. And, you know, there looked like there was plenty of Houston fans that uh, made the uh, the trip up to Dallas. Um so that was pretty cool to see, you know, seeing the uh, speckling of the uh, the red and blue out in the yeah. the, uh, the stadium there at Globe Life. Um, so, yeah, um, I mean, if we're just, you know, getting into the game, you know, specifically, I mean, the story of that first quarter was Landry Jones. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, he played about as terrible of a first quarter as you can. Yeah. Um, at least, you know, as far as the stats go, I don't – I think, you know, a couple of those picks probably weren't his fault. You know, there was one that was kind of – he just kind of drilled and, you know, popped out of the receiver's hands. And, you know, one of them where a guy didn't really necessarily come back on his route. Um, so, I think there's, uh, you know, something to be said for that, you know, with the receivers kind of, you know, sharing some of the blame. But at the end of the day, it goes on the QB and the stat yeah, that, sheet. Yeah, that's so, bad, man. I, when um, I turned the game on, I was loosely watching this one. I yeah. turned it on. Oh, the cross the screen, the little teller, Landry Jones, three interceptions, yeah. injured. And I was like, oh, great start. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what a start to, what the a first start to this game. Yeah. And I, I don't think I turned it back on to the terrible moment at the end for them. Yeah. Um, we already uh, addressed this injury, though. MCL yeah. should be back in about two weeks, maybe three. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Hopefully, just a little minor setback as far as. Um, as far as the injury goes, hopefully, yeah, we see the the shorter end of that uh, projected return uh, come through for him. Um, 
not as bad as this first one, but definitely not ideal for Dallas, who's going to have to turn to uh, Mr. Philip Nelson, who took over that last uh, drive for them. Um, speaking of him, though, I mean, I think he looked, you know, I, I know his stats didn't look great, but he at least looked a little bit more confident, Philip Nelson did, yeah. you know, and that when he did take over, he looked like he came in, he was fired up, he had that awesome Fu Manchu that he was rocking, um, <laughs> which was just, you know, one of the highlights of the freaking weekend <laughs> of games. Um, but yeah, just didn't seem as shy. Like he seemed in week one against St. Louis, uh, which is understandable, you know, first game in a brand new league, you know, jitters, stuff like that. Having this kind of spot start for someone as, you know, touted as Landry Jones. Um, but I mean, he led his team down to the goal line. All the they way were down by line. seven. Oh, <laughs> it's so hard to watch. The sports center's number one play on Sunday. Uh, the dropped pass by the normally dependable Flynn Nagel uh, in the red zone turns into an interception. Um, and, uh, yeah, just and ultimately, you know, Dallas couldn't get their offense yeah. back on the field after that. So kind of a, a bummer, you know, I'm sure anticlimactic for Dallas fans, but extra climactic for Houston fans. Yep. So uh, all in all, though, great game. Hopefully, you know, this, this rivalry starts to develop. They're going to play again, you know, towards the end of the year here. Hopefully uh, we get some more action. Uh, you know, in the, the second Texas throwdown at the end of the, the end of the season. Uh, yeah, just going to interrupt us here before we go on to our uh, semi studs and duds. Uh, Brian, our buddy Brian, just texted us a little NFL news that happened today. But he's uh, texting Mark about AJ Boye for a fourth because Mark's a Broncos fan. He's like, oh, "What yeah. fuckery is that?" <laughs> <laughs> That's called pure robbery. That's we'll get just, into some NFL stuff after XFL, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. <laughs> anyways, yeah, we'll we'll keep the NFL stuff for after the XFL season. But um, yeah, let's jump into our uh, our new seg our new segment. Um, I don't know if we've got a name for it, Mason. Is we'll it like a top ten? We'll call it Stat Check. Stat Check. Let's do it. Um, but uh, we didn't make a Stat Check drop, so enjoy the classic studs and duds, or maybe not. I don't know. This is why we need a producer. We need to hire somebody. Uh, producer Mason, what is the problem? There's no problem. All right. All right. Let me get your studs and let me get your duds. Studs and duds. All right. Since uh, this is uh, Mason's brainchild, uh, we noticed we were just kind of having some repeating studs and duds, so we wanted to switch it up a little bit, but I'll let Mason go ahead and explain the segment. Cool. Um, it's uh, pretty straightforward. Instead of studs and duds, we're just going to give you um, – well, let me just run through what we have written down here. We're going to give you quarterbacks ranked by total passing yards, the important ones. I'm not going to give you like, oh, 10 of each. There's not even 10 teams, so we're not playing that. Uh, players ranked by total receiving yards. We're going to go over players ranked by total receptions, players ranked by total rushing yards, and then the most interesting stat of the day, kickoff return total yards. Um, but let's uh, let's jump to the quarterbacks. This one's pretty quick. It's uh, kind of what we already know. Um, we'll just run through. Uh, it's like one through eight. Yeah. Um, let's and see. Just to, to, to jump in a little bit, I think the value here is that, you know, rather than us giving our opinions on who had a good game or a bad game, this is just straight facts for you guys. So if you haven't had the chance to go and look at the XFL's, like, you know, top 10 in each category or whatever it might be, you know, we'll just uh, do that work for you and give it to you right here. And uh, if you want to go look for yourself, uh, I just found these today on footballdb.com. It's footballdatabase.com. Um, they throw up stats every week, box scores every week. For some reason, they didn't put up the Houston-Dallas box score this week. It doesn't look like it's too crazy of a site. It's probably just one or two people running that. I'm not really sure, but usually pretty reliable. Yeah. Um, but uh, let me, I'll just run through like the first four or so, or I'll run through the quarterbacks. You can run through the receivers. Yeah. Something like that. Okay, cool. Quarterbacks uh, atop the quarterback list, we've got – excuse me pj walker 987 yards and 12 touchdowns kind of uh standalone more than 100 yards and double the touchdowns of the next person behind him um jordan tamu who's got 876 and five tugs and then we got josh johnson with only three games he's already at 804 yards huh. seven touchdowns oh sorry uh we got landry jones behind him uh that's gonna drop a little bit with him getting uh, some injury recovery, but he's at 784 with five tugs. Uh, we got Cardale Jones, 674, four TDs. Taylor Cornelius at 558 and two TDs. And then Brandon Silvers, who's probably going to get replaced with B.J. Daniels, but he's still up there with 539 and six touchdowns. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, uh, you guys can do that <laughs> with that information, which you may, but you know, as, the, as you can imagine, you know, the, the real value is just knowing like kind of how these quarterbacks how stack, stack up against up. each exactly. other. You know, if you want to have create like a pecking order, um, you know, I think, you know, if anyone who tells you like, Oh, there's some fa- XFL fantasy guru because they have some in depth, like, no, these are just the stats and <laughs> like they're going to be pretty reflective yeah. of who the top quarterback. And if you're be. playing fantasy this season, there's eight teams, like yeah. you're probably in a league with six to eight people your quarterback's not going to change. Like you have who you have and unless yeah. you're in the bottom two and you've got Brandon Silvers and you're playing BJ Daniels this week, like I am, you don't have to make a yeah. move. Like you, you don't have to worry about it. Just set it and forget it. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> um, cool. Yeah. And jumping into, uh, the receiving yards ranking. So this is the receivers. Um, one caveat being everybody, this is going to be everybody that's above 200 yards. So a minimum of 200 yards. Yeah. Um, the, the list goes on, but I just yeah through four games, 200 yards is giving you at least 50 yards a game on average. I figured anybody below that wasn't really worth mentioning. Yeah. Uh, number one on your list, as you could probably imagine, you know, two consecutive uh, star of the week awards, but actually a little bit of a dud this week after yeah. one catch and nine yards. Uh, but Cam Phillips from Houston Roughnecks, 333 yards. That might be people's game plan with him going forward, too. I think he yeah. was, he, he got bracketed, yeah, and they just kind of shut him down. And honestly, it kind of worked for Dallas. I it, mean, they might have figured out some sort of recipe to kind of, you know, slow Houston down a little bit. We'll look to see if Seattle can kind of build off of that game plan that Dallas laid out. Um, next week. I don't know if they're the team to do it, but, you know, yeah, regardless. We'll um, number two, um, you might be surprised to see a tight end, you know, this Big high time. up. But, I mean, I guess that just goes to show, um, you know, how effective he's been. That's uh, Donald Parham, the baby moose. Uh, Dallas uh, from Dallas, 273 yards and four touchdowns. He's the only tight end on this list, you he, know. He was the only tight end in, like, the top 25. Like, I didn't yeah. go to page two, but he he's the only one there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, invaluable Donald Parham, you know, if you've got him on your team, you're probably doing pretty well right now. Um, you know, he's he's got the touchdowns to back up his yards, um, you know, as you would expect a tight end to have. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, moving on, Nelson Spruce, who missed this week, uh, the L.A. Wildcats receiver. Uh, stats on the year, 267 yards, two touchdowns. Wow, only two touchdowns. I feel like that yeah. should be higher. But you know what? I, he's, he's making up for it in, in volume. He's yep. more of a slot guy Yards anyways, for sure, so. yeah. Um, you know, I know he does make some, you know, over the top catches and whatnot, but, um, and I think, uh, the next guy, a little bit of a, a sleeper, nobody really Big saw time. coming into this year, Daniel Williams from Tampa Bay. I mean, having a year, he had that awesome cutback play too, where he yeah. just kind of like, he probably ran like 150 yards, but only gained maybe like 40 or something like that. But it was still impressive. Yeah, just I, never, I never would have guessed that Tampa Bay had someone in the top five. Like, yeah. I, from looking at these, I, I never would have put that together. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's probably just points to, you know, Tampa Bay's, you know, under you know yeah. performing you know as far as you know getting wins and losses and things like that you and know, yeah a, i think that's why they're going to start to get some wins it's really going to turn around it's yeah. just the, the yards have been there and everything but the the score hasn't reflected it but it, it'll turn around yeah so as far as yards go you know he's making the most of out of his catches you know um he's not getting you know i think a ton of receptions per se but he's like you know providing a lot of value in the yards department so uh only a single touchdown 252 yards so uh yeah someone to keep an eye on hopefully he can find the end zone a little bit more probably boost his fantasy value a little bit um yeah moving down uh the list to mr trey mcbride josh johnson's favorite target 236 weeks too yeah. yeah 236 yards three tds do you have a stat line for for last this past game against the no Guardians? i didn't write it in there Okay, yeah, we can probably look but circle back he, on he that. He shined when Spruce was out, and then... Yeah, yeah, I, I, think, was, I was a little worried that he'd go invisible without having Spruce there to take some attention off of him, but no, he was fine. Yeah. yeah. Just plug him and play every single week. Um, uh, round out the bottom here, uh, DeMornay Pearsonell, um, 210 yards, two TDs. Um, he's going to come up in our next list uh, here for actual you know catches um, a little bit higher. Um, yeah, 210 yards, two TDs. And then Jalen Tolliver, another Tampa Bay wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, cracking the top 10 at least. Um, 202 yards, no touchdowns yet. I think that's one, been his one knock. But, I mean, that guy's big. He's a moose out there yep. as well. Um, you know, he's got a big body, knows how to box people out and, you know, go up and make those hard catches. Um and, um, yeah, I think uh, definitely someone to watch. Hopefully he can break out with some more uh, touchdown points uh, moving forward here, though. Yeah, the one that we had written down was that uh, both Tampa Bay and L.A. have two receivers with over 200 yards. So they're teams that are throwing the ball. Only teams right now that have those? 
Only teams okay. with two people with two receivers over 200 yards. All right. So these are these are two offenses that are kind of you know feeding multiple mouths. Um, so some something yeah. to keep in mind. You know, if you're looking for action on the waiver wire or anything yeah. like that. You know, I think that comes from them both being pretty good squads too that have been behind in games. Mm-hmm. So they've had to throw it up. Definitely. Um, but uh, let's move on to players ranked by total receptions. So instead of yards, we'll go by receptions because the names are going to change a little bit. Uh, Actually, some pretty surprising changes here that I, I wouldn't have guessed. Um, we've got, uh, topping us off here, Lance Dunbar, Dallas's running back. 22 wow. receptions. Running back, leading the XFL in receptions. Yeah. I wouldn't uh, have guessed that. No, no, not even a chance. 136 yards. Like, yards-wise, nothing crazy, but really good for See, running back. This is why we did this segment, guys, is because there's stuff in here that you wouldn't have really necessarily guessed. Just by, oh, You were probably bummed. Like, oh, you're just going to read the top 10 stats, you guys that have stats? No, this is why, because we saw there was some weird, you know, random stuff yeah. in here. If you're in a PPR kind of league, by surprise. Lance Dunbar is absolutely yeah. crushing it for Half you. Half point or full point, you know, you're you're probably sitting pretty if you've got Lance Dunbar in your in your lineup week to week. Yep. No surprise. Number two is Cam Phillips, 21 receptions. Um, one reception last week, still up there at number two. I I, nice. I imagine if he had a, a normal week this last week, he'd be ahead of Lance. But yeah. you know, it is what it is. Uh, next one down. Thank God for autocorrect. DeMornay Pearson L. Yep. I like that. Spelled out all right. Yep. Uh, St. Louis receiver, 21 receptions, 210 yards, two touchdowns. Yep. Just absolutely solid. And then a new name to the list that wasn't on the last one, Khalil Lewis, Houston, 21 receptions, 189 yards. And then, no surprise, Donald Parham's up there, Dallas tight end, 20 receptions, 273 yards, and four touchdowns. And we've got Nelson Spruce with 20 receptions, 267 yards and two tugs. We already talked about him. And then another running back in here from Dallas. We got Cameron Artis Payne with 20 receptions. So they've got 42 receptions so far to the running back position yeah. through four weeks. Dang. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, they're both getting five. And they're week. both on the same team. Yeah. <laughs> 98 <wild>. yards. <laughs> that's wild. No touchdowns from those plays. So yeah. they're, they're clearly not doing it in the red zone or. They're yeah. running the ball there, but still, yeah, they, they they're pretty much both guaranteed. Air raid. They're spreading the ball out. They're getting the ball in yeah. space. So, Wild. Yeah, crazy. And then talked about earlier, Flynn Nagel, the usually reliable, but yeah. 19 receptions, 191 yards. Uh, Daniel Williams on the list again, 18 receptions, 252 yards. Yeah. And then DC, which I I would have thought they would have had more people on both these lists from their first two games. Yeah. Eli Rogers with 18 receptions. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, D.C. kind of really just fell off the map. Yeah. I think those last two weeks probably really took the wind out of their sails in terms of pumping up stats. But uh, at least they got somebody on the list there with Eli Rogers, um, the old uh, NFL vet there. And I wouldn't have guessed this either, but Dallas has three players in the top ten for total receptions. Dang. Yeah, two of them backs. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I think that I personally probably, just by nature of the offense – not necessarily that they have three in the top ten, but the, the two of the three running are running backs. What back. the heck? That's crazy. Wild. Um, yeah, Donald Parham, Cam Phillips, the only two players in the top five of uh, both uh, categories that we just read off there being receiving yards and receptions. So uh, Probably not available in your league, but absolutely crushing it. Yeah, definitely. I you, think You if, can take the if, one reception from Cam Phillips this week. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's going to happen from time to time. Even Julio Jones has a bad you know, right. receptionless week or, you know, so often um but uh yeah um if you were in a good position maybe make a trade i don't know um yeah all right moving right on to the rbs uh players ranked by total rushing yards uh davion smith of tampa bay my my running back has been balling out just hasn't been uh getting in the end zone unfortunately 296 yards no touchdowns yet uh then we got matt jones uh about 50 yards behind him 244 yards with a touchdown this would probably be a little more Tommy wasn't always running the ball, but yeah, I would have expected St. Louis to have somebody up there, top five at least. Definitely, definitely. Um, then you got the other Tampa Bay running back who, Wild. no surprise, after this this super successful week on the ground for Tampa Bay, having two out of the three running backs and uh, or two out of the three top. Top three. Right? Two out of the three, top three, top three. three. Top three. I'm, I'm all over the place right But now. I got you. They both oh, had yeah. 100 yards. Yeah. Both had, both had over 100 yards this past week, so definitely, you know, a lot of damage done in this this last uh, game against D.C. Um, Cameron Artis Payne next, 216 yards, uh, two touchdowns. 
And then you got a quarterback what? in the, in the uh, mix here. Number five on the list, Mr. Jordan Tamu, the St. Louis quarterback, 186 rushing yards, one touchdown. So crazy that, you know, another another outlier. It's that almost we kind 50 of, yards a game. It's yeah. Crazy. I mean, that, if, you t- if you told me that you could get 50 extra rushing yards from your quarterback in any game at any level, like I would take that any day of the week. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, next is going to be Darius Victor uh, from the New York Guardians. 180 yards has yet to get in the end zone. Might be available in your league. Might. Could be available. I mean, he. I think his, his zero touchdowns might be scaring people away. But uh, I've got a little stat later on that might uh, lead you to uh, put a little bit more faith into uh, Mr. Darius Victor in, in New York. Um, following him up, though, James Butler in Houston, 169 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Lance Dunbar from Dallas, 140 yards and a Expected touchdown. that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim Cook, uh, the other Guardians running back, 131 yards, no touchdowns. And then, uh, yeah, another guy, Donnell Pumphrey. Man, he was trending really great after those first two weeks. But yeah. it looks like he's you know trailing the this top 10 list right now with uh, 131 yards, no touchdowns yeah. yet. DC getting down in both games. The running game kind of hit yeah. the back burner, and Cardale was just – Hucking it. Yeah, throwing interceptions, turning it <laughs> over, you know. Donnell's or Donnell's not gonna get any yards. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Um let's see. Oh yeah, and then we're moving right on to uh wait, wait, wait. uh just oh. one one little tidbit about it. Uh okay. So just to recap, Jordan Tommy was the only quarterback with significant rushing stats, but BJ Daniels had what eighty six yards this oh, last game. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I mean he he's gonna be up there. If yeah. if that continues somewhere around 50 to you know i would expect it to be like jordan tamu yeah definitely. Um, so i mean look for him to get some rushing yards definitely. and then uh the other note i had here was tampa bay was the only team with two backs over 200 yards on the season each there you go. i mean yeah. that definitely stems from the 100 yard game but yeah it is what it is yep okay cool the uh wild stat that i found when i was looking at this um was kickoff return total yards um so uh, it's one of the more valuable positions to follow, uh, more valuable in the XFL than NFL um, because the XFL rules pretty much promote kick returns, right? Yep. Um, so they want them to return the ball. Kind of blew me away with this stat. Anyway, I'm going to jump down to it. Check your fantasy league to see if kick return yards are counted as rushing yards. Um, unfortunately for us, it wasn't. Um, but I don't know if that was standard settings or not. Anyway, we'll yeah. get into it. So, first person on the list, John Santiago from Seattle. Yeah, not, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Uh, 14 <laughs> returns. He's literally their return guy. He's out there every time. Yeah. He's got 304 yards. That's more yards than the league's leading rusher. Dang. What? So, I, I know we don't have fan, fan, or kick return yards included, but, I mean, this might be something you – have to look into adding you know oh, for future future leagues just to like you know input some some it's intrigue, completely it's a completely intrigue. different list of players yeah. none of these players were in the top receiving top rushing top anything they are kick return specialists and that's literally what they're doing oh my god 304 yards the next person tied for the league leading rusher keith mumphrey for St. Louis, he's got 15 returns. And he wasn't the person that ran it in for St. Louis and got that incredible, what was it, the oh, touchdown yeah, the on kick a kick return. return. Yeah. But he's clearly their guy with 15. Yeah. And then our next one, our little buddy, Kermit. Kermit Whitfield from L.A. Yep. He's got 12 <laughs> returns for 250 yards. Like, these guys would be top five rushing. So – Keep an eye on it. And then just some other ones to round it off. We got Aging Harris. I think I said that. I don't know. I think it's Ajene. 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 Anyways. 10 returns for 236 yards. Austin Walt- Walter. Yeah. Austin Walter from Dallas. So 10 returns and 196 yards. I just put up anybody that had more than 10 returns because it seemed like they were their team's returner. Yeah, dedicated returner. Yeah, dedicated so. returner. But wild stat. Check it out. Yeah. I checked. Unfortunately, we didn't set it up like that. But yeah. in a standard league, it might be. Yeah. Who knows? Well, uh, yeah, uh, awesome. Yeah, just a couple of uh, a couple of good nuggets in there, I think for sure. Um, you know, take what you will out of those uh, those top top lists um, on the stat check there. I like that. We might come back to that uh, segment every now and then. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, let's jump right into the waiver wire ads and drops. All right, 
ads and drops um you know the deal we each give one ad one drop let's run through the ads i'll go with mine right now um I think it's pretty obvious, you know, as far as you're looking for, you know, a game breaker that's going to really put you over the edge. Uh, I think B.J. Daniels, the quarterback for the Dragons, I don't know how you, Zorn doesn't start him after the second half that he had. Um, I went over, you know, some of his numbers earlier. We don't need to recap all of them. Uh, the most important one, though, that I did want to bring back in the discussion was his average yards per attempt being, you know, 10 yards per attempt. And I know it's a small sample size, but, I mean, he's willing to push the ball down the field. It might have been a product of them being behind at half and not looking great and him wanting to make a play but you know at least it shows that he has the chops and the you know, the cajones you know to to toss it down the field yeah, the a little stones. bit yeah <laughs> um which is more than you know uh silvers could say um you know with his uh 2.7 yards per attempt um yeah accuracy you know could have been a little bit better i think he only went like five for ten um you know so you know yeah, but he you came know, in halfway through the game. yeah he so. came in halfway through the, through the game you know he they were down um and you know seattle just needed to make plays to catch up i think that's why you kind of excuse the uh the interception that he threw you know he was just a yeah. dude trying to get his team back in in the game you know i don't think you know under normal circumstances if they're down or even even you know he makes that throw but um you know TBD. Um, I mean, with his added running ability, I mean, we've seen what Jordan Tomo and PJ Walker can do with just, you know, adding, you know, some, some rushing into their repertoire and how valuable they can be. So look for him to be um, a, a no doubt start this week if he gets the, uh, the nod from Zorn. Um, so Silver's owner should be all over this um, if, if possible, but um, you know, maybe one of the owners of like the tap Tampa Bay. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you have Cornelius or you need to pivot, you know, real quick, you know, you might be able to switch to Daniels too as well. My ads kind of in the same ballpark. I got uh, Philip Nelson quarterback for Dallas. Uh, good replacement for Landry. Fu Manchu Phil. Yeah. What's up? He's hanging out <laughs> with the mustache Minshew there. Um, uh, he's got a whole week of practice again oh as a starter. Wait, this week. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Mustache Minshew and Fu Manchu Phil need <laughs> to have uh, some sort of a hangout. I uh, love that. <laughs> two Anyways. gold. All right. Sorry. Anyway, uh, I'll get through this here. Uh, <laughs> he's going to have a whole week of practice as a starter this week. Nice. Um, he's serviceable, viable backup. Uh, they've got another home game. Um, to start the year, he was definitely rostered because Landry Jones didn't play the first game. So he yeah. was one of your starting quarterbacks. But – since Landry Jones has been back, I'm going to guess he was probably dropped. Yeah. So he's probably available. Pick Especially because he didn't look good. Yeah, pick him up before yeah. the Landry Jones owner does, and then you got yourself a nice little token for a trade if yeah. you want to be you know, crafty. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Moving on to the drops. Uh, my drop is going to be uh, Tim Cook, the Guardians running back. Um, I mean, yeah, he just hasn't really had a lot of juice, not a lot of like exciting plays or anything like that. Um, he's still averaging 4.2 per carry, but, I mean, I think – Darius Victor is just outpacing him here in terms of workload. Uh, and it just kind of felt like uh, Victor took over, um, you know, this week. Um, Victor had eight carry, 18 carries, sorry, compared to Cook's eight. Uh, and his usage just doesn't really justify having him on your roster right now, especially with the lack of, you know, a big playability or anything like that. Um, there's more – there's enough guys. There's yeah. not – you know, I won't say there's plenty of guys with more explosiveness. And upside, Pick up one of those kick returners or something. There's enough, know. yeah. Um, Tim Cook, uh, here's a little a little, uh, a little stat for you guys Just should just, you know, forecast a little bit um this is you know one game but you know one trend that i noticed is that tim cook only had three carries on the la side of the field so plus territory uh two of those care those carries were him carrying it over midfield himself oh. one of them though he carried it over midfield and then went backwards and got negative one yard on the on the carry Rough. so i don't know if that really counts and then the third was just the guardians trying to run the clock out at the end of the game um so it's pretty evident just by looking at the game flows and that trend in itself that all the carries pretty much on the in plus territory are going to Darius Victor so he's going to be the guy that's going to score your touchdowns and your big plays and things like that um so yeah pretty obvious to me that Guardians are looking to use Victor to uh score their points and punch it in cool uh my drop was the Seattle receivers um there weren't in any of our top stats, which was pretty interesting after looking at it. Nothing in the top receiving, receptions, passing yards, catching yards, nothing like that. So, yeah. uh, And it showed this week they had uh, – nobody had more than one catch except for Farrow, who's yeah. a running back. And then you've got the quarterback change, which I mean, it's not going to help. And B.J. Daniels likes to run the ball too, so that's going to take away from some of the passing downs that they'd normally be getting. I mean, to start the year with Silver's – was great but it's definitely yeah. trending the opposite direction so and I, I just avoid starting any of them pick up one of those uh kick return specialists if it's you know they give you the the yards in your yeah. league 
Yeah, and I think just initially too, I remember when I first saw this on the show doc, um, I thought it might be a little bit hyperbolic, but just con- taking into consideration, you don't know how Daniels is going to have, you know, right. connection wise with any of these receivers. He is, a, you know, does like to run, so he's going to take, you know, just those maybe not th- drop, maybe those, sit. Yeah, yeah, those opportunities. But, you know, at the same time, like this is like we said in the beginning, there's not a lot of players, there's just not a lot of teams to go around, and I don't think it is, you know, too hyperbolic to jump off the receivers bandwagon and drop them all together or the Seattle's receivers bandwagon drop them all together um, just to try to get someone with higher upside or at least until the Seattle receivers you know prove that they can do it with BJ um, cool um, wrapping up the ad drops um, there um, moving into our week five previews let's hit it let's do it All right, matchup previews. Uh, first game we're going to go ahead and tackle here is going to be um, our Seattle Dragons. <laughs> oh, yes. At the Houston Roughnecks. Ouch. Um, not excited to watch this as a Dragons fan, but I am excited to watch this because I get to watch my team play Phil, filthy <laughs> Walker <laughs> yeah. um, out there. Um, but, um, yeah, Houston Roughnecks opening this one up at uh, minus 13.5 on the spread. And that's pretty dang generous. But um, you know what? I think it's warranted, you know, with how yep. poorly the Dragons have played the last couple of weeks and how, you know. Playing rough. They're traveling. Home, home teams that have the advantage hugely in this league. Yeah. So, I, yeah, exactly. quarterback change. Nobody's catching the ball. I, I, I think it's pretty warranted. I, I don't think I'd bet it, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Seattle traveling to Houston. Um, second game of a tough two game roadie after taking that loss in the Battle Dome in St. Louis. Uh, Silver's had the struggles to move the ball down the field. So look for BJ Daniels to be out there, um, which, you know, could be an advantage for, for, you know, Seattle at the end of the day could with a uh, lack of tape, you know, just on Daniels in general. They might not, you know, be 100% sure how they want to defend him. Um, but they are the best team in the league too, as well. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to give BJ Daniels that big of a, uh, a nod or a benefit of the doubt there. Um, so, uh, but if they do, yeah, look for that offense, that Seattle offense to look significantly different than what we've seen. Um, I I don't see how Zorn's going to go back to silvers at this point. Um, Houston has played their game, you know, in the first four weeks, they've dictated the pace. They've dictated, you know, the plays that they're going to run. They come in, they do what they do best, what they want to do. They haven't really had to make any adjustments. You know, they've been up at halftime, I think, all their games. Um, I'm interested to see if Seattle can at least do that and just make them kind of, you know, get on their heels a little bit and maybe shuffle some things up. Yep. Um, and I think that's really the only way that Seattle can kind of do it. If they just come out, you know, kind of Blitzkrieg style and hit them hard, hit them fast with some stuff that they haven't they, seen they before. They start their games off well. They must have – they're very good at their first scripted half. Yeah. Uh, they start yeah. off well. They run the ball well. Their defense is hot and heavy to start the game, and then it kind of falls apart. So, um, if yeah. they can if they can keep that rolling, they, yeah. might, they might have a chance. Right. And this is just two Dragons fans trying to rationalize that their team might have a chance who will not be betting on yeah won't be betting on them this week (laughs) all right um yeah all right moving uh down the line we got guardians v renegades uh in dallas dallas opening up minus eight favorites at home over underline set at 37 um i mean you want to talk about guardians sure yeah Yeah. uh i wouldn't doubt it it looks like perez is going to be the guy uh he's going to get another shot build on what he did this last week at home um hopefully that connection with mckay keeps rolling they are on the road though renegades have that you know eight point favor uh philip nelson he's going to want to continue his momentum from uh this the last drive that he had with the texas throwdown i mean he looked good he he drove the field the team down the field but it just didn't end in his favor um didn't have the best stat line but he's going to have a whole week of practice at home as a starter i would think that they're going to win the game um Biggest unknown for the game, though, uh, is going to be the both the QB changes, you know. Um, what else you have? In, oh, you've got your Darius Victor in there. We already kind of talked about him. Yep, yep. Um, but look for him to be consistent as the RB with the most attempts for uh, for the Guardians. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, I got a, another little nugget in there for him uh, right now. So on the season right now, Darius Victor, 30 attempts, 180 yards, 6 yards per rush. Ooh. That is a league-leading yards per rush for um, running backs that have at least 20 attempts. So, um, yeah, another kind of, you know, uh, stat that just kind of points towards the the usage of Darius Victor there. Yeah, and uh, the rush game York. worked for them this last week too. Definitely. It Definitely. killed clock. It it gave yeah. L.A. the least amount of opportunities we've seen anybody have in a half. Yeah. At least 
least drives. So I, I think since the game plan worked this week, I would see for them, you know, try to keep it similar so there's not too much yeah. change on Perez yeah. with only a second week quarterback yeah. in the team. That's definitely what you want to do on the road anyways is yeah. establish that run game right out of the gate. The last note we had on that game was that, you know, look for Dallas to keep using Parham uh, just to be set tight end. Uh, he's definitely a uh, a uh, uh, coverage mix match for the linebackers when he lines up. So mm-hmm. um, look for him over the middle of the field. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Yep. Cool. Uh, we got uh, Battle Hawks at DC. Um, Battle Hawks opening up right now on the road. Road favorites, minus three and a half in DC. Only over- team that's a road favorite this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, over under set at 39. Um, DC needs to just needs to get home so bad. They need this game so bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were such a different team, you know, at home those first two weeks than what we saw on the road. Um, so if <laughs> – if there's an award for whatever the opposite of being a road warrior is, that's what DC is. I don't know what the opposite is. We'll leave that up to you guys to, to, to debate. But, um, yeah, um, at the, at the other end of the ball though, with St. Louis, I think they just need to come in and do what they've been doing yep. Run their game plan. They should win. Um, DC is a different team at home, but, um, Let and we haven't run seen the RPO like a PRO. Yeah. And we haven't seen, uh, St. Louis, you know, on the road in the wild. So we'll see how they, you know, they travel after, you know, having a couple weeks at home. Um, they looked good in Dallas, looked good in Houston. I don't think this is a team that's necessarily affected by the road as much as the others. And I think that's a real testament to the coaching job that, uh, Jonathan Hayes has done there. That's just road teams coming out prepared and not flopping totally that's totally a testament to coaching there so hat tip to uh to mr hayes there um yeah dc undefeated at home but if they keep the current trends and st louis manages the game uh i think st louis should be fine yeah uh taking it uh fully expect them to win on the road yeah which i think is the first time i've said that about a road Team. Road team, yeah, yeah exactly. This yeah. is the, this is the first one where starting I'm, to feel comfortable about these teams now. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of figuring out, and I think that's kind of you know the story of just the you know a lot of these predictions and you know things like that is like we're starting to figure out who these teams actually are, their identities on offense, defense, special teams, whatever it might be, uh, their coaching identities, things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I would expect St. Louis to come out on top. Um, yeah, only favored you know by three and a half points right now. So, um, but we can talk about that um, later on cool. in our, uh, our best bets. Tampa Bay Vipers at. LA Wildcats who are uh, favored by one and a half points right now. Um, that's pretty low for Tampa Bay having to go all the way to LA. I know the Vipers are off a huge hot win this week, mm-hmm. but traveling has just been rough for yeah. every team, especially a team who's just getting traction. That's, that's going to be hard to yeah. do. It's kind of like the opposite of what the Wildcats had to yeah. do last or the same thing, I guess is what the Wildcats had to do. They had that huge win over DC, right. uh, you know, at home. Then they go across the country to New York and, you know, kind of, you know, didn't play a terrible game, but you they know, they were missing spruce. Yeah. Carter, missing a couple people. I think that they're not, they're not, I would, I'm, I would bet the, uh, the spread on this one that LA covers for sure. I, yeah. After looking at it, I didn't even think about that, but that might end up being one of our uh, oh, yeah. better bets this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I, I included that in the best bets. But um, yeah, so uh, we'll see what the Vipers can do going across country, trying to build on you know some momentum, see if they can keep it going. Um, I think I, 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 from what I've seen, Murray should be good to go. I mean, I know he was technically good to go and backed up last week. Um, I don't know if they go back to him after a 25-0 win. You know, but, you know, I guess we'll see, you know, as the week goes, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure today is the first day of uh, actual practice, you know, as teams pr- get prepared. So I'm sure right. there'll be some more reports that come out on that either later tonight or tomorrow. Um, so keep your ear to ground on who's going to start for Tampa Bay in L.A. this week. Um, yeah, just to kind of, you know, reiterate, you know, last last um, Mason's last point, L.A. didn't have uh, Nelson Spruce or Martez Carter in New York. So something could be said about the lack of firepower. But, um, I mean, Josh Johnson – wasn't the worst on the road and I think they'll be fine. Yeah. But um I think this is, you know, entering must win um Halfway territory for, this week. for both of these clubs. They both have the uh, the same record now and you know and although they're in, you know, opposite um divisions, I think it's this could be a nasty game just two bottom feeders trying to duke it out and get, you know, their head above water here. Um, but yeah, um, crucial game for both teams to stay in the race for sure. Bunch of lot lizards trying to get on a truck. All right, <laughs> let's hit the uh, let's hit the best bets and we'll uh, we'll get out of here. Send it. Time for those best bets. Cool, cool, cool. All right, best bets time. Uh, same thing every week. We're going to go through, um, I mean, 
interesting trends, but really we're just kind of following that home game yeah. uh, trend. And we're going to show you or talk about our money line picks last week, money line picks this week, and any other bets we think uh, we're going to hit. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit of a recount of where we're at on the season. Yep. Cool. So uh, easy, easy, easy to go through last week's games because we were 100% on the money lines. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll just do a quick, quick recap though, but it feels good, right? Yeah. Um, LA, we both picked to win. St. Louis was our best bet. Uh, Houston picked to win and Tampa Bay, which felt good to pick Tampa Bay to win their first game. I I felt really good when they shut them out. Yep. Okay. Uh, our other bet that week was the Houston Dallas game going over 50, which didn't hit. Didn't hit. One lone loss on 47 uh, on the other bets that we kind of threw out there. uh, You guys might want to take, um, but our record through to just two weeks of betting, Mark is seven for eight on the money line. I'm six for eight. Our best bets are three for three. That's just our most confident bet of the week. Uh, Our other bets, you know, spreads, over-unders, whatever, uh, we're two for four. Um, Let's get into our uh, money line picks for this week. Money lines. Yes. So we got Seattle at Houston. Uh, Houston is favored by 13. Over-under is 46 and a half. I've got Houston all the way. Yeah. I wrote down best bet. Yeah. As as far as money line, you know, if you're picking a money line, you you need to like just – I don't know. Even if you're not betting like other, you know, if, even if you are betting, I should say other sports, throw this one in there just to, you know, you know, give yourself a little extra confidence in, in a, a parlay. Maybe you need like a fifth or a sixth leg to really take you home and all that. But um, yeah, I think we'll go ahead and make that a best bet yep. um, for sure. Lock it in. Mason just put it into the. I bolded best, it. It's yeah, serious the, now. Yeah, it's serious. Serious in there. All right, next game. We got um, New York. At Dallas, yep. uh, Dallas is favored by seven and a half. Over under is thirty six and a half. We both put down Dallas, and then you put down a little tidbit about something else. Um, yeah, Dallas money line. Um, as far as the uh, minus, oh, you think New York seven and a half? Yeah, yeah th- and this would fall in, I guess, you know, to our, our other bets and stuff like that. Um, you know, we can. I'll 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 say that later on our other bets. Cool. Um. So yeah. Next um, game. Next one. St. Louis minus two and a half. Uh, on the road Woo! at DC with that over underline at thirty nine and a half. As far as, you know, a money line pick goes, I think it's St. Louis all the way. Obviously. Yep. <laughs> I would in there as another best. I bet. put best bet question mark. I don't know if I feel comfortable putting it as a best bet though because it's a road. Oh, they're on the road and yeah. DC is undefeated at home. That's true. I'm not yeah. gonna put it. Okay, I, we're you know what we're, our best bet this week yeah. is just going to be one again. I know the first week we did two. The lines the lines pretty close too. So you know obviously you know Vegas or whoever the heck makes the odds for the Oregon sports book for us. <laughs> yeah, uh, is pretty confident that it's going to be a tight game. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll uh, leave it off the best bet. Maybe you just bet the, we'll bet the spread and our yeah. other bets. Uh, last game. I'll tell you what, you can bet your balls though that I'm I'm still going to include oh, yeah. that, that. Mark will be texting me with some action this week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last game, we got Tampa Bay at LA. We both have a ton written here because yeah. we both pick LA. Uh, let me give you like my reasoning. We got the Vipers. They're hot, but they're traveling across the freaking country, and I. I'm picking LA, but I will not be betting on this game at all. Yeah, I'm hands off. Same. But just for pick's sake, for keeping track, I'm picking LA. Same, same. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take LA um, as well. And you know, let's just springboard into our our other bets because I cool. think we had some other stuff. Um, Hit them and we'll, this we'll wrap it up. One. Um, so yeah, um, LA. Um, uh, as far as this one, what was the over under forty? So yeah, over under line set at forty right now. Um, I think some caveats, you know, with these bets. So, um, with, um, Corne- if Cornelius is in, take the over, take the over on the 40, just because Tampa Bay has been playing pretty good offense lately. They put up 25 plus point yeah. games, you know, in the last two weeks, I know that was at home, but I think, you know, hopefully these like home road splits start to like normalize and we see some consistent away, uh, play from, you know, the, uh, the, uh, visiting teams. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, if, if Cornelius is in, take the over, especially take the over if, if Nelson Spruce and Mark and Martez Carter are back, that's a ton of offense. Oh, yeah. a ton Spruce of is good for a hundred yards at least. So. Yeah, exactly. Just that's going to, if, if these guys are in, take, take the over and don't even, you know, take a, you know, don't even be sad about it. Be very confident in that over hitting if these guys are in. Also, you know, make sure you're checking those injury reports, you know, pretty closely because I'm sure as soon as they are ruled back in, this line is going to shift pretty quickly. Yep. Um, so and yeah. keep in mind, we're early in the week recording on uh, Tuesday. Yeah. I'll lines po- could change. Post it tonight. Pod should be up everywhere Wednesday. So yeah. lines definitely, they've changed every week. So yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep your ear to the ground. Make sure you're keeping an eye on the injury report for that one. What um, else you got? Yeah. Other, uh, other bets here. We got a couple. Um, 
right now, St. Louis versus DC over under, um, I don't know, or sorry, that over underline set at 39 and a half right now. I don't know which version of DC is going to show up based on DC's home game so far. This over looks pretty tasty, uh, especially with St. Louis traveling well. I think yeah. it will be close, and I think these guys are going to have to, you know, put up points. Yeah, and St. Louis um, puts up on the road. I would expect them to give exactly. in their half of the, you know, almost 40 points. I yeah. would expect at least 20 points from them. And yeah, DC exactly. at home, you definitely expect more than 20. Yeah, and so. this is one that isn't really contingent on injuries, you know, and stuff yeah, like that playing everybody's healthy. I think, yeah, you, you, you jump on this line right now if you can take the over. Um, I think that should be a, a pretty uh, easy one to win. Um, you want to hit that next one? Yeah, next one we kind of already talked about, St. Louis minus two and a half. Uh, take the spread if you're not comfortable with the money line of St. Louis on the road. Um, I mean, we already talked about it. Uh, yeah, I just yeah. If, you're, if you're not too comfortable on them completely winning, just take that minus two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, and I think L.A. minus one. If they're going to win, they're going to win by, you know, yeah. two and a half. All right, yeah, yeah. next one. Circling back to the L.A. versus Tampa Bay game. Um, yeah, um, the minus one, I think I would be pretty confident in L.A., especially if TB, if Tampa Bay continues to struggle out the gate, which, you know, I think they scored a combined 12 points on their first two road games. Yeah. So I think that minus one wouldn't be bad if you need to, like, you know, hedge your bets on something, you know, and throw in a little extra action. Just they're going to win. Sure it's going to be more than one. Yeah. I, at these games, I feel I like it's just going to sway, sway one way or the other. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And just one point is such a small margin of victory. I, I, I would take the home – home team plus a point you know or minus a point any day of the week um and then yeah if um if you're looking to you know s- swing a single game parlay that la minus one and uh hitting the over um the over 40 if uh cornelius and those other guys are in uh, i think you should be um you should be sitting pretty with uh with those ones so yeah a couple a uh, couple bets to to sit on and you know marinate on um hopefully LA can get Spruce and Carter back because that would just make that, you know, a lot easier of a bet to be confident in. Um, but uh, yeah, best bets for the week. I feel pretty good about those. Cool. Let's uh, let's uh, hit a drop and get out of here. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Until next, next week, America. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you, Ronnie. <laughs> Got jumped.